Lynn with Power Talk coming right up right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. Stay with us. Hey, have you got a minute? Huh? I'm going to say a word. You tell me what comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. Tchaikovsky. Gesundheit. Okay, what's the word? No, see, that is the word. What does Tchaikovsky make you think of? I don't know. Allergy season? Uh, hey there, how you doing? What's up? Who's Martha Graham? Mm, she invented the graham cracker. No kidding. Yeah, before her there was only soda crackers. Hard to imagine. Uh, hey young lady? Yeah? Uh, does the name Man Ray mean anything to you? Ta. The man ray is a kind of poisonous jellyfish, and it lives in the Gulf of Mexico. Aha. It's very deadly. Are your kids as well-rounded as they could be? Kids who participate in the arts do better in school and in life. To learn more about the value of arts education, visit americansforthearts.org. Because all kids should get to appreciate Tchaikovsky's music, Martha Graham's dance, and man ray's photography. Art. Ask for more. A public service message brought to you by Americans for the Arts and the Ad Council. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to Radio's finest program of Positive Talk, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I am thrilled to be your personal growth success coach right here on the airwaves every week with you, bringing you the authors, the experts, the professionals, and the experiences to help you live a more fulfilled life. So get ready to pump that energy, love, learn, laugh, listen, and live your dreams right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I'm I am flying solo today. Heather has started her next school session, and Libby Gill is off on hiatus. So we still hope that you're going to find us being champagne for the spirit. The show is brought to you by Be the Star You Are Nonprofit Corporation and produced by Star Style Productions. In today's program, the beginning segment, we're going to be offering tidbits of empowerment, followed by Fun in the Rose Garden with author Aurelius Scott in segment two, and then in in segment three, we're going to learn to eat mindfully and to live mindfully when Kelly McCabe joins us. Now, my purpose in providing you this radio program is to communicate to you that you already possess everything you need to be the producer, the writer, the director, and the star of your own life. We have three rules here. Number one, we want you to smile. Number two, you must have fun. And three, you must be willing to be wild and crazy. Jeff, engineer, are you being wild and crazy in there? I hope so. Always. We love that. And, of course, we want you to read some good books. Sometimes they're books you haven't heard of, but I've read them all cover to cover, and they are fun. As an author, I have four bestsellers, Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, Be the Star You Are, The Business of Show Business and Miracle Moments, and I've got four more on the way. So that's rather fun. If you'd like to get an autographed copy and the proceeds do benefit the charity Be the Star You Are and keep this show on the air, go to 
www.bethestarur.org. Our motto is to be a leader, you must be a reader. And the Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you to be the best person you can be. Go to star-style.com. And this is a quote by Waldo Emerson. Do not follow where the path may lead. Instead, go where there is no path and leave a trail. I like that one. I like to always say that it's like what Hannibal said, Hannibal who crossed the uncrossable Alps. If there's no road, build one. So that's my motto in life. We can always make things happen when we want to make things happen. Well, every week, Be The Star You Are showcases incredible authors and experts who enhance and inspire your life. And Be The Star You Are is a 501c3 charity, and it's dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth at risk through improved literacy and positive message programming, just like this radio show. So, again, we want you to visit the website at bethestarur.org to get more information on how you can get involved. And we have a fantastic project that is started right now in cooperation with eMindful.com, and it's an inspirational quote project for kids. So if you're an up-and-coming artist and you'd like to see your art published in a collaboration with a quote, you can go to the website, bethestarur.org, and find out how to get involved. It's free, it's fun, and you may become a published artist. So we'll get you on your way to living your dream. You can just do a drawing and send it to us, and I think that you're going to have a great time doing that. Well, I wanted to give you today a little bit, uh, talk a little bit about different PowerPoints that I'm using in my life, and the first thing that I'm hearing over and over again when I'm coaching clients is stress. People come to me, and they are so stressed out, and what I like to do is I'll pour them a glass of water, and I'll hand them this glass of water, and I'll say, how heavy is this glass of water? Oh, they'll look at me and, you know, they look at the glass and they, they'll look at their bottle of water and they'll go, oh, eight ounces, 16 ounces. And then what my response is, is that the weight really doesn't matter. It depends on how long you have to hold it. If you hold it for a minute, it's not really a problem. It doesn't matter what it weighs. If you hold it for an hour, you start getting a little bit sore in your arm. If you hold it for a day, huh? You may be on your way to the emergency room. In any case, it's the same weight. But the longer you hold that bottle of water, that glass of water, the heavier it becomes. And that's a great metaphor for stress management. If we carry our burdens with us all the time, sooner or later, the burden becomes increasingly heavy and we won't be able to carry on. And just with the glass of water, you have to put it down once in a while and rest before holding it again. You know, when you're refreshed, you can carry on with your burdens. So before you return home today, you know, put the burdens of your work down. Don't carry them. You can pick it up tomorrow. You have some ways of deciding whether you want stress in your life or not. So whatever burdens you're carrying, just say, okay, like a glass of water, I'm going to set it down, I'm going to relax, and then after I have rested, I'll pick them back up again. You know, life is really short. We have to enjoy the moment, and that is my message just be. Be in the moment. Now, these are a few ways that you can really handle some of your stress. Except that some days you're the pigeon and then some days you are the statue. Always keep your words soft and sweet uh, just in case you have to eat them. Always read stuff that makes you look good because if you die in the middle of it, you would like somebody to remember you positively. 
Drive carefully. It's not only cars that can be recalled by their maker. And if you can't be kind, at least have the decency to be vague. Don't say bad things. I think my mother always said if you can't say something good about somebody, don't say anything at all. So it's better to keep your mouth shut if you don't have anything positive to say. If you lend somebody dollars, $20, $50 and you never see that person again, don't don't cry over spelt milk. It's probably worth it that they're gone. It may be that your sole purpose in life is simply to serve as a warning to others. So sometimes we are the beacon of light. Never put both feet in your mouth at the same time because you won't have a leg to stand on. Nobody cares if you can't dance well, but just get up and dance. In other words, join the party, just like we're here. We're having our party here, so we want you to join it. Since it's the early worm that gets eaten by the bird, Why don't you sleep late sometimes? (laughs) And in case I don't have to remind you of this, it's the second mouse that gets the cheese. (laughs) When everything's coming your way, you're probably in the wrong lane. Birthdays are good for you. The more you have, the longer you live. And you may be the only one person in the world, but you may also be the world to one person. And I really love that thought is that if you're, you, people tell me sometimes, how can I make a difference? I'm only one person. Well, if you make the difference for one person out there, you have made someone's time better on this planet. So remember that always that one person in the world, you could be that the world to someone else. Some mistakes are so much fun to only make once. I think that we have to make lots of mistakes. Remember my motto. You've heard it a zillion times. Failure is fertilizer. So there are no real mistakes in life as long as we look at them as lessons and blessings. And we could learn a lot from crayons. Some are sharp. Some are pretty. Some are dull. Some have weird names and all are different colors. But they all have to live in the same box. And I know when my kids were young and actually still to this day, when they're having a bad day, I buy them a new box of crayons because then they can color their world. A happy person is truly one who can enjoy the scenery on a detour. So make lots of detours in your life because that is how you have fun. Now, this is some food for thought. A very self-important university freshman was attending a recent uh, game, and he took it upon himself to explain to a senior citizen who was sitting next to him why it's so impossible for the older generation to understand this generation. You grew up in a different world, he said. Actually, your world was almost a primitive one, the student said loud enough for everybody nearby to hear. The young people of today grew up with television, jet planes, space travel, men walking on the moon, and our spaceships have visited Mars. We have nuclear energy, electric and hydrogen cars. We have computers with light speed processing. And he paused to take another drink of his beer. And the elder took advantage of the break in the student's litany of how great the youth of today are and how aged the elder people are. And he said, you know, you're right, my son. We didn't have those things when we were growing up because we invented them. (laughs) Now, tell me, what are you doing for the next generation? (laughs) And I thought that was a kind of a a good one. We have to remember that worry is not the same as healthy concern. Worries like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it gets you nowhere. So we have to decide to worry less 
and we may find ourselves living more. When we arise in the morning, think of what a, privi- uh, a privilege and a, prefer- a, a precious privilege it is to be alive, just to breathe, to think, to enjoy, and to love. Um, I had some t- tips for our brain health. You know, recently I have been coaching uh, some people whose spouses have been having a type of dementia. And it's a really, really scary thing when you're not very old, you're in your early 50s, and you're forgetting a lot, and it is diagnosed as dementia. So here are some tips that maybe you can keep your brain healthy on as you're aging, but start today because when you think of healthy, what does come to mind? I mean, is it eating well, exercising daily? It's probably a sense of general well-being. I know I think that. Maybe it's maintaining your ideal blood pressure, your cholesterol level. And opinions of what healthy means really does vary from person to person based on your situation and lifestyle. But that's why it's very important to also keep our brains healthy. There's been a ton of research over the last few decades of how our minds work and why. And as we age, we experience varying levels of cognitive decline. You know, some people, you may misplace your keys, you forget the name of somebody, or you walk into a room and you forget why you went there in the first place. You forget where you parked your car. I mean, it happens to all of us. But these changes, they're not alone enough cause for great concern, but you have to be aware of the factors that contribute to memory loss and how a few small changes can help you to remain intellectually sharp. Memory loss is commonly associated with Alzheimer's, which is a gradual degenerative brain disease, and it's estimated to affect 4.5 million Americans. And this number could rise to as many as 16 million by 2050. Now, dementia is the term used to characterize the cognitive deficits that are associated with Alzheimer's and other neurodegenerative conditions, such as Parkinson's or Huntington's. But we can build a robust and healthy brain, and it has the benefits of achieving health for our total nervous system system. Now, there are a few ways. I mean, I have a friend that does a crossword puzzle every single morning. I couldn't do a crossword puzzle if you paid me a lot of money. It would take me a lot of time. But that keeps that keeps your brain active. But here are a few tips. Number one is don't smoke. Smoking represents a major risk factor for cancer, heart disease, and stroke, and it is a, a leading cause of death present on ongoing concern for all Americans. And it is also uh, associated with brain decline. You need to follow a physician's advice. Your relationship with your physician is critical to your health. So whatever you do and listening to the tips that I give you, make sure that you do talk to a physician first because they can guide you in the process. The next thing is you need to exercise regularly. Exercise and physical activity continue to emerge as the primary components of a healthy lifestyle at any age. You want aerobic exercise, some weight training, and, of course, recreation. You've got to make it fun, totally fun. Reduce your overall calories you consume every day. You may want to look at the USDA's food pyramid, and you should pay close attention to how you eat. Keeping your brain healthy means socializing and having fun. Americans specialize in stress, as we know, as I was talking about um, earlier, and they don't know how to have fun. So socialize more, celebrate more, laugh more. You know, go to the beach, have a picnic, do what you feel is having a good time. Develop your spirituality. That is also proven that people who meditate or pray daily combat the stresses of life and focus on the challenges ahead. 
Engage in mentally stimulating activity. I was telling you about crossword puzzles. It can be things on the computer, uh, reading a book. That's really important. Maintain your sense of purpose. That is critical. Uh, if you retire, don't just do nothing. Get involved. Volunteer. Again, have some fun. Don't be passive. Make sure you have some financial stability. That always helps your brain. And engage with your family and friends. It's really, really important that you have friends around. People who are happy live longer than those who are depressed. Follow your passions. You know, it's never too late to have a fabulous childhood. So no matter what age you are, have a great childhood now. And in this way, you can focus on a brain-healthy time and brain healthy diet remember to get your omega-3 fatty acids your vitamin b's your multivitamins eat plenty of fruits and vegetables and enjoy cooking more and for more information about stress reduction or coaching from myself cynthia bryan or uh, star style productions visit star-style.com or you can call 877-944-STAR stay with us we're going to have some fun and we're going into the rose garden when we come back you're listening to cynthia bryan on star style be the star you are more in a minute this business of show business is calling out to me gotta love that sound really it's one of this country's great treasures the unmistakable sound of a nice california chardonnay there's nothing like it well except of course for the sound of nails pounding lumber building new homes across america or states sizzling on the grill in fact 40 percent of american products are shipped by freight railroads from computers to produce we even carry trucks really chances are the things you'll use tomorrow are taking the train today 70% of new American cars, 40% of the grain harvest. More Americans depend on us than ever. Freight railroads contribute more than $31 billion a year to the U.S. economy. And since one freight train carries a load of up to 500 trucks, that means less fuel, less traffic. A better environment, a better tomorrow. Tomorrow, arriving by train. Sponsored by North America's Freight Railroads. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. A website is a great marketing tool. Savvy marketers maximize this new technology by carefully planning their sites, reflecting their business goals before they put the information online. Determine what you want your website to accomplish. Do you want people just to know you exist, or do you want to generate sales or leads, showcase your expertise, or attract new customers? Don't think too big. Information on the web needs to be presented in bite-sized chunks. Thus, we call it a business bite. And they don't need to be long or too long to download. It's a good idea to have some interactivity on your site to allow consumers to request information, catalogs, or products. Your site reflects your business, so it's wiser choice to hire a professional designer to create an effective site. And if you need a great web designer, let me know. I love mine. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan from Star Style with another Business Bite. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Well, 
Thanks for staying with us. You are listening to your personal growth success expert, Cynthia Bryan on Star Style. Be the star you are, a program of positive talk brought to the airwaves by Be the Star You Are, charity empowering women, families, and youth at risk through improved literacy and positive media like this radio show. For more information about Be the Star You Are, go to be the star you are dot org. Well, I'm a gardener. Some even call me an extreme gardener because when I go on a walk, I pick the weeds out of other people's yards. I grow roses, lots of roses, and I have re-entered my roses in many competitions, bringing home blue ribbons and best of show multiple times, but I have never quite seen the craziness and dedication to roses until I read Aurelius Scott's informational and humorous book, Otherwise Normal People, about the antics of rose aficionados. Aurelia is with us. Welcome, Aurelia, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Hi, Cynthia. Thanks so much. Well, this was really fun reading your book because I am a rose gardener and I never realized how crazy some of these people were. None of the things that I, I didn't enter any of the R's or anything, but I just entered county fairs and state fairs. But well, congratulations, what? though. Thank I'm really you. impressed with blue ribbons at all. It's more than I've ever done. Oh, it was totally, it was totally, totally fun. But now I have all these great tips of how I'm supposed to make all these wacky, crazy devices and carry them to the shows and groom them like they were dogs. Exactly. Groom them with Q-tips and cotton balls and little tiny paint br- makeup brushes, really, to make the blossoms look, ab- look absolutely perfect. And before you even get to the show, to cover the, a perfect bloom with a, a clear, empty juice container to protect the bloom, things like that. You know, I I was laughing so hard because I truly grow my roses and anything in my garden just because I love gardening and I love flowers and I love the beauty of it, right? Yes. And I could just imagine as you are writing your book and you're visiting all these rose gardeners, I mean these expert rose gardeners, how they must have these spectacular roses and gardens that look absolutely out, you know, from another planet when they have all this plastic over them and the right. juice cans. Uh, because, I mean, how do they even really enjoy their garden? They're, all, they're always focused towards the competition. Well, they are. And, but the fascinating thing to me was that I thought it was all about work once I realized how intense and competitive these folks are. But, you know, the competitive obsession that they feel for roses allows them really to focus on all aspects of their garden. They are really in love with deadheading or mulching or weeding. Oh, by the way, I, too, pull weeds from neighbor's yards. Oh, you're okay, so I, you are yes. one of those extreme gardeners I as am, well. I admit, it's true. I bet um, you don't golf either because my husband always says, I can't have you, I don't want you to golf because you don't pay any attention to playing golf. All you care about is the flowers, and if you see a weed, you pull it. Do you exactly. do that? Exactly. <laughs> I went out golfing once, and that's just what I did, and I've never been out since. Me neither. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I, you start off your book with, uh, Clarence, Clarence Rhodes, and, I mean, he was such a character, but all your, all the different people in here are really characters, and I did get that, that they really absolutely love what they're doing. Work and play are one and the same. They really are, and I was listening to you a little bit before I came on, and your comments about having an interest, having a passion, be happy. These people, yes, they're over the top, but they do have this passion and this real interest, and they are some of the most enthusiastic, 
happy, energetic people I've ever met. Well, it's huge fun to spend time with as a result. I've never met a gardener I didn't love because all gardeners want to share. And one of the things that I saw in your book that I thought was so great is how even though they're competitors, they're still sharing different canes and different strains. And when they make something, they'll share them and pass them around because they're hoping that somebody will enter it and, and win with it. That's exactly right. Rose people are forever taking cuttings of their own roses and packaging them up in plastic and sending them off to their friends to get them to grow these roses. Uh, and, you know, even at the competitions themselves, what really surprised me is that while they're there to, yes, and here I'm quoting, kick butt yeah. with their <laughs> roses, uh, they also will tell their competitors the truth about the roses. If someone comes to you and says, well, which of these two is the best bloom? Which one should I really be working on? You're expected to tell them the truth. So it's often quite cooperative in, in a fierce kind of way. Yeah, it's, it's cooperative competition yeah. is what it is. And, you know, um, the other thing that really struck me about these truly professional rose gardeners is the fact that many of them don't want anything but roses in their garden. So everything else is like, ugh. That's not even, you know, worthy of being planted. That's literally a weed. Exactly. We, yes, we, we met Kitty Belendez, who, who lives in California, who when her husband refers to um, a weed, she turns around and says, oh, what weed? Oh, well, it's actually just a dianthus that her daughter had sent her, which, as she admits, she will grow until she kills. Yeah, and it she, sounds like her daughter gives her lots of flowers, and she she probably, unless it's a rose, wants to kill it. That's right? <laughs> that's the truth. But she has to plant it because it's her daughter, right, and she's been giving them to us. That's her for, daughter, but, yeah. Right. They, yeah, their gardens are truly mono monocultures, mostly just roses, all different kinds of roses. Now, one thing I did realize when I first started out, is how varied roses can be. So I think it's one of the very few plants that you could have an entire garden of roses and have it not look just like a boring field. It's, I mean, roses are, could be five inches high with tiny apple, apple blossom-like flowers. Yeah, those wonderful miniatures. Yes, exactly. You could have 25-foot climbers with variegated blossoms. And you can have giant, big, bushy shrubs with uh, with blossoms that have, say, a hundred petals and and smell of apricots or something like that. So if you have that whole range, it's actually possible to make an acceptable-looking garden that just has roses. In it. Well, you know, I have to say, I'm crazy about roses, and I have, you know, I don't know, I, I think at least a hundred. Oh my but, gosh! But uh, but what I do is, you know, in the winter after I when I prune them, I prune them really low, and then I cut the canes and I give them to everybody, all the neighbors. So all my neighbors are growing my roses too. I love and it. and then I plant more because I have a lot of acreage, and so I have to plant some for the deer because the deer love roses. But you know, people have this misconception that roses are difficult to grow, and I don't find that at all. I find that for the work involved, they they just keep giving and giving. They're just beautiful. I am in California, so it's a little bit different than trying to do it in the north, you know, or sure, northeast. Sure. But we get blossoms. You know, I I prune in January, and I have 
fabulous bloom starting early March, and yep. they go through January. So exactly, it seems like the rose is such a wonderful, wonderful plant. If you're willing just to give it a little care, like you talk about in your book, you know, of you deadhead, you fertilize, you do have to spray for mildew or rust or right. you know right. those kind of things. But you know what was interesting? I have so much is interesting in your book. And by the way, Thank you. for the listeners, it's called Otherwise Normal People Inside the Thorny World of Competitive Rose Gardening. And you really laugh a lot when you read this book. And if you like gardening in any way, shape, or form, you'll get a big kick out of it. But was the fact that they'll plant some roses, and if they're not a winner in four years, out they come. Yeah, that was the real shocker. I mean, you and I fall in love with roses and keep them in our yard. But And so do many of the exhibitors and other rose people in this book. But the people who are really serious about simply winning awards at rose shows, what they want is a winner in their yard. And so if that rose underperforms, that's how they would refer to it, they will yank it from their yard and hopefully they generally give it to somebody else who doesn't care about winning awards. But they are forever looking for the new, the best new rose. I actually met a guy in, uh, who lives in Arizona now who threatens the roses before he digs them out. He gives them a moment to shape up. <laughs> and his way of doing this is to lay a sharp shovel on the ground fairly near the rose. Now, Bob swears that many roses shape up right away when he does that. He talks to his roses. He does. He, he threatens them, you know, you're on your way out if you don't give me a prize-winning blossom. I know. I actually, I have to say, I kind of agree with Bob because I talk to all my plants, too. Sure. And do you, and I think that it, it's interesting. I know they hear me. Yeah. <laughs> because the ones that I go out and I sing to and I, you know, oh, pretty baby, I talk and baby talk to them. Yep. They, they're like giving me incredible blooms. And the ones that I kind of ignore, they ignore me, too. So I bet you anything, that sharp shovel is, you know, Bob's weapon is really doing its thing. I am sure that it is. I, too, I also when I have to transplant a plant. I don't know about you, Cynthia, but I but I always try to, you know, dig down deep and I keep saying things like now, you hardly feel this. You really don't feel this. It's oh, I like okay. that. I haven't done that. I'm gonna have to do that already. <laughs> it makes them transplant better. Yes, it, yeah, you'll we'll say we're taking you away from your parents, but we're you they'll be close by. Right. <laughs> you know, I uh, there's um, another funny couple. I, well, a lot of uh, people doing this are couples. Yes. And I laughed at Mike and Susan uh, McCarthy because he he she wants him to stay out of the way during the season. He wants she wants her health. I mean, she wants his help, you know, while she's growing him. But during show season, she, it's just like get out of my way. And so right. he says, no problem. It's baseball. I'll watch baseball. You do your thing. That's right. And it seems like you know couples seem to work out this craziness. They do seem to work out this craziness. Some couples have suffered, admittedly, but most of the folks that I've met. Met, work it out in some way. Uh, Susan and her husband work it out, as you said, by he watches the television and she, she is madly cutting roses. Other couples, when they're both into the roses, have tended to have to make a decision. Like, we can't all be doing the same thing at the same time, getting in each other's way. I met another couple where she deals with the plant above ground and he deals with the plant below ground. So he's in charge of all the fertilizing and the transplanting and the taking care of the plant in that way. 
and she does all the pruning and the cutting for shows. And see, that is, yeah, that is a really great division of labor. Yeah. You know, because it's like in anything. If there's, if you're both doing the same thing, one of you is superfluous. So we, even in the rose garden, we do have to figure out what chores we're going to do. Exactly. Now, exactly. I know, I know, Aurelia, that uh, you are a master gardener yourself, and you write quite a bit for the New York Times and fine gardening and yeah. cottage living and Yankee and many other uh, uh, publications. So you you totally love gardening and you I also do. love roses. But what was it that made you decide to write this book about roses? Because, you know, there's lots of rose books out there, but never one about the... There hasn't been one that I've seen about the competitions and the people well, involved. Well, that's it. There, uh, there wasn't any book out there about the rose people. You're quite right. There's fabulous books out there all about roses with lots of gorgeous pictures in them. But uh, I'm a gardener, but I'm not competitive in any way. In fact, I don't even like to keep score at a card game when I'm winning. And so the competition fascinated me. And at first it sort of turned me off. I thought, my gosh, what's this all about? I also have always been interested in in intense devotion, real passion, and Mm. what that must feel like. And here I met a bunch of people who, A, are gardeners, be a competitive and feel well. They're obsessed in many ways, uh, and I thought, what a perfect combination. Plus, the rose is one of the world's oldest flowering plants, and it is certainly the most popular flowering plant. And you know, in your book, otherwise normal people, you do give the history of the rose, and you talk about where it came from and how it has been idolized from you know. Famous people like Cleopatra. Right. Yeah, and right. I think... I, Even I think, our George Washington adored roses. Oh, yes. We yeah. know, you know, and he's actually one of the f- uh, a famous rosarian that would be here in America. I also like at the back of your book, you did give um, a classification, a glossary of rose classifications, and then a glossary of the classes of roses, because so often people, I think, get really confused whether, is it a floribunda, is it a tea, is it a hybrid, you know, is it a shrub? Right. What right. is it? And it's really nice to have this right here. Good. <laughs> Good. I'm so glad. And I worked really hard on the glossary trying to make the descriptions of roses really informative and fun. I mean, for ages, I didn't know, for example, that the Portland rose is actually named after the Duchess of Portland, rather than, say, a place named Portland, things like that. Well, I, you know what? Uh, when I read that, I, I'm the same way. I <laughs> thought it was named because Portland, Oregon right. is the city of roses. You exactly. know, I mean, their emblem is a rose. I thought it was named after that, and it was designed, you know, it was designed there. So I really, I learned something. And, I, of course, I learned a lot here. I'm always, as a gardener, always trying to learn new things because that's one thing that, we can say as gardeners, we never know everything. Every oh, day is a new day. Yep. And it's so much fun to, to find a new rose. I have never tried, though, to cross-breed them or hybrid-breed them. Have you done that? Now I, that have, you... I have never done that. I have watched it being done. I got to visit the greenhouses at Jackson and Perkins, and that's in the book, my visit to the greenhouse. And you so talk about it. do it. Yeah, and you actually describe how to do it. And as you were describing it, I was thinking, oh, I could do that, I could do that. And then it seemed really actually very long and tedious. <laughs> and I decided, you know what, maybe I can't. Maybe I could do it, but I don't think I want to. <laughs> right. You know what might be more fun is that anyone who has ever grown roses has, has probably discovered a blossom on their rose that's really pretty 
that looks a little bit different than the other blossoms on the on the plant. And that's a good one to take a cutting of and try, and that's called a sport, when a plant sends off a, a different-looking blossom. And one could make a cutting of that sport and start a whole new rose that way. And, I mean, I guess you could just put the, the cutting of that and put it in a little bit of, um, of you know, uh, what do you call it? The, st- the growth? Well, the, the, growth? The, uh, the rooting. The rooting yeah, like root tone or you something like that. that. Another way to do it is you is you cut partway through that cane and um, the stem of the rose, and then you put a little bit of damp sphagnum moss stuck into the cut and cover up that whole little area with some good plastic film and to keep the moisture in. And in a few weeks, you will probably notice some little roots coming out because the, that cut is, uh, is rooting, and at that point, you can cut off the cane below where the roots are and stick that into a pot. That's I'm going to try doing successful. that. Oh, right. I'm going to try doing that. I think it's fun. Well, I want you to give your website. The book is called Otherwise Normal People, Inside the Thorny World of Competitive Rose Gardening. The author is Aurelia Scott. You'll see her articles in all the best garden magazines and shelter magazines. So what website should we send our people to? It is AureliaCscott.com, actually. That's pretty and, easy. Yeah, it is. Shall I spell it all out? Yes, please. It's A-U-R-E-L-I-A-C-S-C-O-T-T. Okay, and you can always find it from our website, too, at star-style.com. Aurelia, thank you so much for being a guest on Star Style. Be the Uh, star you are, and keep digging deep. I will. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Otherwise, normal people, Aurelia Scott was our guest. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are, and we are going to be mindful when we return. Stay with me. This business of show business is all I want to be. World Talk Radio. Looking for answers to those uncommon questions? Looking for a way to heal? Looking for spiritual guidance? Come visit www.angelstoguideyou.com. We are all blessed with spiritual helpers, spiritual gifts, and spiritual healing. Get in touch with your spirit. Get answers. Get healing. www.angelstoguideyou.com. Remember, you're not alone. Angelstoguideyou.com. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Well, thanks for staying tuned to this hour of power, star style. Be the star you are. I am your host and personal growth success expert, Cynthia Bryan. And this program is brought to you, the airwaves under the auspices of the charity, Be the Star You Are, empowering women, family, and youth at risk through improved literacy and positive media program, just like this show you're listening to. Make a donation today. Keep our show on the air. And keep listening to the incredible experts that we bring you every week. And they grace our airwaves waves and empower your life, go to be the star you are dot org. Well, in our race to be the fastest, leap the tallest buildings, get to Mars first, Americans have neglected their health. And America has the highest obesity rate among adults and children. Society is making small attempts at suggesting people exercise more, eat less by offering low fat 
foods and promoting miracle diet pills and even expanding the opening hours of supermarkets. Yet, unfortunately, it's estimated that only a small percentage of people are heeding the call to healthy living. But there is help out there, and I have met her, and we're bringing her to you. Her name is Kelly McCabe, and she is the founder of eMindful.com. She has had a 100% success rate with her mindful eating program, and she's with us today. She's going to talk us talk to us about eMindful.com, some of the programs they have, and again, also about mindful eating. Welcome, Kelly, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Thanks, Cynthia. Nice to be with you. Well, I'm excited to have you on because since I connected with you, you have really inspired me to really be healthy, to be happy, and it seems like our missions are just so similar. And I wanted to talk to you a, a little bit about your background and how you got started because you were you spent 20 years on Wall Street, you I know, did. and so you really have a great financial background. And now your passion is really to help people be mindful. It's true. I uh, I survived 20 years on Wall Street. You survived it, okay. <laughs> and you thrived, and you thrived. You survived and thrived. Right. And during that time, um, basically, I climbed the corporate ladder. I ultimately became a senior vice president running large software development teams, and I went to NYU at night and earned my MBA in finance. But, um, you know, the thing was, Cynthia, the harder I worked and the more money I made, the more happiness seemed to elude me. And uh, one day around my 40th birthday, I woke up realizing that my last really crystal clear memory was of my college graduation party. And since that time, I had basically been living in the future, the future of, um, you know, the next 10 or 20 things I needed to accomplish, my next raise, my next promotion. Uh, there was always something better just up ahead, or so it seemed. So you were not living in the moment. You were obviously yeah. at that time not mindful of all the wonderful blessings that you had in your life at that time. And you just, you know, the future was somewhere out there, and it was like n- enough wasn't enough. Is that right? Uh, basically, I always thought I would, I was almost there. You know, if I just had a little bit more, if I just had, you know, the next, um, best car, the next best house, you know, whatever it was, um, I was ultimately going to be happy, but it never actually happened. <laughs> you know, and, but why did it never actually happen? Is it because there was always another mountain to climb? Right, no matter exactly. what you got, no matter what you got, there was always something else, and now it was the next, right? Yeah, I remember listening to somebody once talk about, you know, how um, we all started out with like our tricycle, and once we had the tricycle, we needed the bike, and you know, until we got to the Volkswagen, until we got to you know the Cadillac, to the Ferrari, and then to the helicopter. I mean, no matter what it is, you know, it's you always want more. No, I, I agree with you. I, that's what I think the, that my mission, that's why I'm here in trying to get people just to be and to be the stars they already are and to realize mm-hmm. that they are enough and that they can dream it and do it and, you know, and be the person that they were meant to be. But so what happened then? So you decided after 20 years, okay, I finally get it. I've got to do something different. And somehow you came on to designing eMindful, which is, such a beautiful um, thought process, and you have a great amount of information on eMindful.com. So tell us about that journey. Well, you know, it didn't happen um, overnight. I, uh, 
you know, I had this sort of epiphany when I was 40 that, you know, life seemed to have passed me by, but I wasn't really too sure um, what to do about it. And then I learned about mindful eating at a workshop, uh, I guess about five years ago, um, and began working with mindfulness skills, basically just being with what's happening in the moment. And in less than a year, and without uh, dieting, by the way, diets don't work. Right, because uh, of that word. <laughs> we hate that word, diet. Diet, right. Yeah. Um, I lost over 50 pounds. And, uh, you know, the best thing was I began to like myself. And even more amazingly, I saw that other people um, actually liked me, too. So um, that all happened because I stopped punishing myself with diets. I began eating uh, things that I liked when I felt hungry, and I stopped eating them when I felt full. What a novel concept. And um, so it seemed natural when I was faced with some hard career decisions to pursue something I felt really passionate about. Uh, I took my technical skills and set about creating a website to support people who were interested in learning and using um, mindful eating techniques. And that's evolved into our present-day eMindful.com, where we offer live online classes and all kinds of mindfulness as well as um, personal growth. Well, let's talk about the mindful eating right now because, you know, as I said at the, the top of this hour is that we, America has the highest obesity rate among adults and children of all the civilized nations. Okay. And people are not eating mindfully. They're eating fast foods. Everything is like fast, 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 but it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. And although you say very carefully and, and sincerely that mindful eating is not a silver bullet weight loss mm. program, it is an approach to learning how to live differently and choose foods that you're going to enjoy and nourish you and Basically, you will never have to use that word diet again because you're having a 100% rate, which is amazing because people are changing their lifestyle. So tell us a little bit about eMindful and some of the classes that people could participate in. Sure. Um, well, one thing I will say is that uh, as other countries around the world are becoming, you know, quote-unquote westernized, um, obesity rates are growing there as well. And um, in the same way that, you know, I always wanted uh, the next promotion, the, um, the next raise, the next best car, um, I think there's some of that in the way we eat, too. You know, um, it's, uh, we don't think about the bite that we're eating now. We're thinking about the, the bite that's poised on the fork in front of us, mm-hmm. you know, and how that's going to be better um, than the one we're chewing now. And we... We gobble up our food without paying attention to what it is we've actually eaten. And then we think that somehow it would be better if we had more, <laughs> which is uh, kind of crazy. So it's very, very much about paying attention, giving gratitude for what's before you. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost uh, an ancient way of eating that we have lost and that you're resurrecting. Right. That is absolutely true. And um, the mindfulness techniques are, of course, based off of um, ancient practices that have served people, you know, for many, many hundreds of years. So, um, but you know, I think the the whole eating thing is um, similar to our approach to life. You know, we race. Uh, at least I know. You know, I used to race from one thing to the next to the next, and uh, suddenly it occurred to me. Well, you know, where am I racing to? You know, where am I? Where am I going to end up? <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, you can go. You can go really fast in the wrong direction, and it doesn't get you there. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Well, where it gets you is like, oh my gosh, I'm at the end of my life and I wish I had more. That's it. That's it. And you're not healthy. No. So your approach is really a whole body, mind, spirit, health. Uh, acknowledgement and a path to really, you know, get on the road to being healthy and mindful about what you're doing. Right. And it's not, um, it's more, inter- it's more about getting in touch with, um, some important things. Uh, things like being able, as you said, to see and be grateful for what we do have. Um, looking at, uh, what's true and treating ourselves, um, with kindness, not reserving kindness just for other people. That is so important. That yeah. is so important because how many times have we heard, okay, I'll give you this, you know, a, a mother is serving her family and serving everybody else but herself. Right. So exactly. it's remembering who's the most important person in the room, and that is you, you know. Well, you can't help anyone else, you know, if you're not feeling good about yourself and you're not having, um, you know, a high level of energy and if you're not basically in good health. Um and, you know, if you if you don't have those things, you can't do the sorts of things that you're talking about, which is looking for uh, what it is we really want, you know, from life. Um, so we talk about all those things. We talk about allowing our feelings, both um, good feelings and bad uh, feelings, allowing those to touch us, even if it's just for a brief um, uh, moment or two. Um, I think, you know, in shying away from feeling things that are difficult, and submerging them, you know, by eating ice cream or cookies, uh, where we end up is, you know, we've eaten a lot of ice cream and cookies and we still have those feelings. You know, they're still there. <laughs> so. Well, you know, I think what sets eMindful apart, Kelly, from a lot of programs out there and is the fact that the courses that you are offering uh, have CEUs for nurses and they have CMEs mm-hmm. for physicians and mm-hmm. psychologists and nurse practitioners. And so yours, you have approved courses courses by yeah. universities, et cetera, that they recognize that what you're doing is important. Yes, and, you know, a lot of our interest is um, from people in the medical professions, the dietitian, the nurses, the doctors, um, because obesity has become really, you know, epidemic. And uh, uh, we, offer, we offer classes, um, as you said, that provide CMEs, which are, continuing um, medical education units that are accredited by uh, the University of Arizona College of Medicine, and we offer um, CEUs, continuing ed units for nurses that are provided through California Board of Nursing, Um, and we offer something called learning codes uh, for dietitians so that people in the medical professions can find out about uh, mindfulness techniques and tools that can certainly be complementary to pretty much any approach a person takes to trying to lose weight or or to maintain their weight. Well, and another thing also that I really like is at eMindful.com, your online classes, they have live teachers, mm-hmm. you have real-time answers, there's yeah. webcams, and, yeah. you know, the whole thing is it's truly like a classroom situation with an instructor who is an expert in that field. So you really have a support team. There's that whole support squad there for you. Yeah, absolutely, and I feel I feel very passionate about the aspect of it being live and being able to see the teacher and hear the teacher, um, as well as being able to see and hear 
the other participants because um, so many online courses are these, you know, static things that you read, and at the end, you know, there's 40 multiple choice questions, and you you answer them and you pass. <laughs> um, or you might see a canned, you know, kind of video type thing, but not um, not something that you can interact with. And this um, allows you to ask the teacher questions, uh, get you know immediate responses. And it also has the added benefit of being able to um, glean, you know, insights from other participants who, you know, have are going through the same sorts of struggles and uh, and working with the same types of issues. Which is so helpful because so often we learn from the other people in the class, and that's yeah. you know that's the benefit of that. Yes. So e mindful online classes. You have mindful eating, mindful kids, the celebration of self, personal growth classes. Yeah. Uh, st- we were talking about stress at the top of the hour and mindful based stress reduction mm-hmm. courses and you forgiveness. I mean, that's another very yeah. big one. So I want to give out the website because what Kelly is saying is live your dream, don't sleep through it, and I am such a proponent of that. And uh, Kelly's website is e mindful. Dot com. That's E-M-I-N-D-F-U-L dot com. And she has ongoing classes, and there's registration now, right? That's absolutely correct. Well, Kelly, this is a, just an absolute delight to have you on the show with yes, me. And um, best of success with all of these classes and for the mindful eating, which I know that that is a probably a, a number one class that you're offering because all of us seem to have to learn to do that. I I really feel that one's very important, as are the other ones. And I'm thrilled that I'm going to be teaching a Dream It, Do It class with Kelly. (laughs) I want to announce that uh, coming up. So make sure to go to emindful.com to find out when that is. And my success sister, Libby Gill, will be teaching the Support Squad class, and that's a fantastic. We want you all to have support. So emindful.com is the website. Kelly McCabe is the genius behind this, and she lives what she preaches. Kelly, thank you for being on Star Style. Be the star you are, and may we all be mindful because, you know, we only have one body, one mind, one spirit in this lifetime. I say treat them like the temples they are. Oh, yes, absolutely, and thank you so much, Cynthia. Thank you, Kelly. It's been a pleasure. Thank you to Jeff, my engineer, three chairs, to all you great listeners. Thank you for allowing me into your life each week. Make sure you're tuned here to Star Style. Be the star you are for the experts in personal growth and success you can change your life and make your dreams come true for more information about star style visit star-style.com for more information about the charity go to be the star you are.org our aim is to encourage inspire inform and motivate so until next week when we celebrate once again this is cynthia bryan and this is star style i thank you and encourage you be the star you are and remember that you're one of a kind you are you you have the power to love yourself and become the person you want to be. Be the star of your own life. Take a look in the mirror and admire yourself. You are a wonder of creation. Okay, we'll see you next week. Be the star you are. Thank you from Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Show the whole wide world your smile. Star, you are.